welcome. Welcome back. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. We're back again. You have not gotten tired of us yet, huh? This is, I mean, I feel like this is, what do you call that? A landmark? Is that what you call it? No. Yeah. A milestone. A milestone. That's it. Oh. I'm out. I'm like, it's not a landmark. Like, what we driving to, hoes? What we driving to? With the landmark. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, that's like the Statue of Liberty. Hold on. Okay, but no. Welcome, guys. This is a milestone. Thanks, Co. Appreciate yes. you. Um, a milestone. You guys have what tuned in for the? I don't know. We are gonna stop counting. We are gonna stop counting this episode because I, I don't remember what episode. Okay. But <laughs> we're here to stay. That's all that matters. We don't know, sis, but we're here and we're ready to chat again. Okay. Um, but just a disclaimer if you're tuning in, today is going to be a slightly touchy subject. You know, like my mom used to say, like, you're not supposed to talk about like politics and religion, something like that. Well, today we're talking about religion. <laughs> we're going, sorry, mom. Yes, Lord. Sorry, mom. <laughs> yes, sorry, mom. Sorry, Lord. But we're going to talk about you today, all day today. Um, <laughs> But the title for today's podcast is Relationship Without Religion. Ooh, and we're not talking about relationship like bay relationship. Yeah, not, not bay relationship, not friend relationship. But is it possible to have a relationship with God or preferable to have a relationship with God without an emphasis on organized religion? That's what we're hitting on today. Let's go. This is a touchy subject because I grew up in a church. A lot of people don't know that my dad was a deacon. So, yeah, like, like literally like getting up at five in the morning and you there till eight o'clock at night. (laughs) So it's a touchy subject and I might step on a few toes, but just, this is how I feel personally. Church is important to have the word elaborated, but the institution I don't agree with that. Like, I feel like I can still have a relationship with God without going to church. As long as I give God my my time, my meditation every day, I'm reading my word, I'm praising him, and God knows my heart. But I have my reasons, and we'll talk about that later on. Yeah, I have to agree with you, Erica. I grew up in the church heavy. My mom was on usher board, number one. Okay, so we were at church for every service, every program. We would be at church from seven to like, 12 and had to go back for three and then sometimes had communion at six. So we spent all Sundays in the church. And um, as I got older, I started to learn that, you know, just because you don't necessarily have organized religion does not mean that the relationship with God is lost or is dead because I've grown to be more spiritual than I am religious, but I have an amazing connection with God since I've been able to open myself up completely. So um, and I grew up in the church, so it's, it is hard, like Erica said, to kind of like deviate from that. And I, and I have my reasons why I'm not hell bent on it. I, I do enjoy church still, don't get me wrong. I love a good sermon and it brings me full circle. But at the same time, I do have my reasons as to why I believe it. I don't feel like it's 130 percent necessary for you to have that, you know, amazing connection with God. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I can agree. Um, I grew up in church. My dad was a deacon, too. And I mean, I, I lived with my mom for the majority of my young life, but I moved with my dad when I was 15. And so like when I was with my mom, it wasn't really like not it, it just wasn't impressed on me to like get up and go to church. My mom is more spiritual than religious. My grandmother was like a devout Catholic. She would go to church every Sunday, whatever. So I would get up and go with her. But my dad 
um, you know, he brought us up in the Baptist church and like, I could ask whether or not I wanted to get picked up to go to church, but you know, 13, 14 year old me, I wasn't trying, hey dad, can you pick me up tomorrow? Like, nah, like, I'm, I'm straight on it. But when I moved with my dad, um, yeah, I mean, it was getting up at eight o'clock or getting up at seven o'clock for you to be there at eight um, for Sunday school. Then it was regular church. You know, I was in the choir you know, junior usher boy, don't fill up the pictures because I had to be, wear like bad pantsuits with the hot mess. You know, the whole ordeal, the whole ordeal. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll get into like what, you know, we dealt with in our, because I have a big, long, long spiel as far as religion is concerned and what all of the transitions and, you know, changes that I made as far as religion. But I mean, I know Cole, I mean, not yeah. Cole, Christy and E, we, we kind of hit on our thoughts on it. Well, what you think, Cole? Like, was was church a real big thing for y'all when you grew up? Mm, no. Um. When I grew up, I um grew up in a house with my mom and dad until they got divorced, and I never went to church. Once they got divorced, my mom moved in with my grandma for help and everything, and we didn't go to church there. It wasn't until I was about. 16 that my mom started wanting to go to church when we moved in our house um uptown and there was a church that was like maybe like two or three uh blocks down we went but before that it was never a oh get up let's go to church get dressed get to put on your sunday best it was nothing like that until i was about like i said 16 and then it was very new to me not saying that I didn't, you know, believe in God, but I had my own things that I was doing up until that time, but I had never been exposed to like um, a real church setting that I can remember up until then. Now, granted, my mama, she, then my mom was Catholic. And so when we did go, we went to like St. Peter Claver, but it, like I say, it wasn't nothing that was very, um, it wasn't routine. It was just, you know, sporadic. So until I was, you know, older in age, that's when I was able, I started going religiously like every Sunday and getting comfortable with the church and things like that. What about? Yeah, so I feel the same way. I don't know. I'm I'm a little in between um, because I grew up in the church, but it wasn't mandatory. So we had our periods where we went to... Um, we went to church and then if we didn't go, we it was for a small amount of time. But I can't say that I do, although I feel like I can be connected to, you know, God without going to church, I do see a difference when I am being spiritually fed in the church. It's a whole different feeling that I get from sitting at home and watching it on TV or reading the word by myself versus when I'm actually in the house of the Lord, so to speak. So definitely. And like, I think that revelation like okay I need to be spiritually fed that was like one of the reasons why I actually converted like I was baptized Catholic um and you know did the whole bit my first communion like did my you know my confession and when I had to do my first confession that was literally my first time like questioning why am I talking to this man like telling him all my business and he's probably out here touching little boys like that's really how I felt and I asked my mom that tell him all my business and then if I go okay if I told him like I just stole 50 million dollars and I go and pray five Hail Marys like the Lord is gonna be like oh it's okay you know I just me personally I didn't believe it and that's no shade on Catholics and you know the rosary I'm not disclaimer 
<laughs> this episode is going to step on some food, but I'm not trying to shade anybody. We're just talking about our beliefs. I agree. I, went to, I was just saying, I went to Catholic school my whole life, so I get that. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a slippery slope because you're confused when you're going to church every day at school, and then mm-hmm. you go to church on Sunday to your Baptist church. And it's like, I, I was so conflicted. I was so confused. I didn't know what to believe, which was okay. I remember going home like in third grade crying because I didn't want to go to purgatory. I wanted to go to heaven. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to go to purgatory if I die because they told me children go to hell. That's what they told you in the Catholic church. If you're a bad child, you go to hell or purgatory. If God has, um, you know, sympathy for you. And I was like, but he's my heavenly father and he died for me. Of course he does. But it was like, no, you go to purgatory hell, even at seven. I was like, holy shit. No, wait, like, no shit have, today. Wait, no okay. shit today. Oh, Not sorry. Sorry, Lori. Right. No, no, holy shit. I was just like, um, holy Snickers. And um, I, was, I was nervous as a child. So, you know, it's just religion is a tricky place to navigate, period. So it's, it's scary, but I, I agree. Yeah, but no, but that's what I was saying. That's what I was saying. Like, so when I questioned that, I had to like really analyze how I felt when I was at church, like in school, like you said, but I would go to Baptist church with my dad. And like, when I'm at church with my dad, I'm like, ooh, I feel touched. Like I learned a little something. Like I feel warm inside. But when I'm sitting up here kneeling and standing and kneeling and standing every five minutes, I'm like, I don't feel, I can, all of the, the, the ritual turned me away from the message. Right. I couldn't focus on the message that was going mm-hmm. forth because of all the stuff I had to make sure I did. We were literally in three services every Sunday. We had to go to church on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. We, um, My dad worked at the church. He was a deacon, but he worked at the church. So when I would spend my summers with him, I would literally like be in church all day in the summertime. So it was kind of like, I don't want to say too much church, but you know, it's like I can't really get the message because I'm so tired. Like, I'm in the same service for the 5 o'clock service, the 9 o'clock service, and the 12 o'clock service. We eat breakfast there, lunch, dinner. Then we got a service over with. Okay, we still there. Everybody else gone, you know? So I didn't really even get into the religion part until I got older. Like, actually understanding the word and, you know, trying to live, you know, in the word and having a relationship with God and, like, actually going to the sermons and getting touched because it wasn't until... Like, actually, when I went off to college and I went to the church of my choice, the church I grew up in was a church that I was raised in, born in. You know, I didn't, I love my pastor. But um, when I went to New Orleans, to Franklin, it was just like, it was different. His his way of preaching was different. I was actually feeling the word and, you know, just trying to live my life accordingly because I was down there by myself. Cause my, my mom was in Atlanta and my dad, he's deceased. So it was like, I was, I was living it. I was living my adult life and just trying to abide by the, what, I, what I'm reading in the Bible and you know, what God says and he expects of you. And, you know, just really having faith in when I'm going through storm. One thing about the good thing about being raised in a church is it teaches you when you go through a storm to get on your knees and pray to God instead of going to drugs, alcohol. That's, that's one thing about being raised in a church that I appreciate when I go through stuff, I know where to go. I know just off what I saw, my mom and my dad, you know, so that's one of the positives about, you know, just church and starting off young or whatever, or whenever you start, just, just knowing that when you're going through storms, who to turn to and it's God. Cause some people don't have that instilled in them. They turn to drugs, they turn to alcohol, they turn to prostitution, crazy stuff. So I do appreciate that part of my upbringing. What about going into church and dealing with 
oh, this isn't right. Or your skirt is too short. Girl, you ready for this? We're going to talk about that later. We're going to talk about the hypocrites later. Look, so they, don't jump the gun, baby. Don't jump the gun. And look. Not to even jump the gun like Alex said, but to kind of piggyback on, you know, Sade's comment and Erica with the girl kind of like, you know, emphasis. But my daughter just asked me that today, like especially about um, everything going on in the world. And she was like, Mom, how am I supposed to keep my faith and keep my religion when people are telling me, you know, it's wrong to fornicate, it's wrong to use profanity, and it's, it's wrong to do this, she said, but then they treat people a certain way because of their color, or, you know, they have a problem with lesbians or gays, or she said, but everything else is, you know, you get a pass on because you're doing it. She was like, I have a problem with that. And I find our generation, that this new generation, these new, new kids who are growing up, they question everything. They don't care how they were raised. They question every single thing. Everything I've instilled in her, she she questions it. She agrees with it, but she questions it. Why is this, why is this morally okay, mama? Why do we have to do this? And it's hard to kind of explain it to a new adult, you know, a young adult coming into their own and why you still have to rely heavily on prayer, why you have to pray and trust in God and trust the process. And like, again, it's coming back full circle to that, you know, that foundation. But I agree, Shadi, that, you know, oh, your skirt's too short. Or, you, you know, your boobs are out, even though it's not, I can't help it, I have bigger boobs. So, I mean, I, my button's up to my neck. I can't breathe in church. But, you know, just so I'm not judged. And, I, and you know, my skirt is touching my kneecaps, but it's not over, so I got to get a prayer cloth. Like, you know, things like that, you know, that make you feel ostracized in the one place you're supposed to be accepted. But, you know. And you know why your daughter asked that? Because the devil is busy right now. He's Absolutely. so busy. And she she knows what was instilled in her, but she's seeing what the people that around her outside of you are doing. And it's like, but mom, I'm doing everything you said. They're doing the opposite. Why are they still getting blessed? You know? And so it's just like the society today is just so different. You yeah. know, and I'm glad you instilled in her what you did instill in her to let her know. I know, yeah, they may be getting away with it now, but in the end, you know where your soul is. They don't. Absolutely. And so she's, just keep and, doing what you're doing. And that's a big point, too, because, I mean, honestly, I mean, will we really have gone to church 17 hours a day if we did question why we were doing it? No. Like, no, absolutely you know not. Yeah, when we grew up, we didn't really have the option to ask, like, why do I need to do it? It was just kind of like, this is what you're supposed to do. Right. So we did it. And I'm happy that they made, you know, me do it or whatever, absolutely. because... Yeah, it was something to reach back and grab hold on to. But at the end of the day, I mean, could you really, I mean, could you really say if you had questioned it or if you had the the privilege of questioning if you could go or choosing if you could go, I mean, would you really have gone? No. I don't go now. I think <laughs> I would have gone. <laughs> Sorry, Lord. God knows my heart. Right. Growing up, I probably wouldn't have. But it's funny that you said that, Alex, because uh, one of my roommates from a while back, she was spiritual, not so much religious. And she asked me, you know, why do you go to church or why did you choose Baptist as your religion? And, you know, she asked me questions that were like really thought provoking that made me question, like, am I doing this just because it's a tradition amongst my family or my mama or black people in general? Or, you know, am I doing it because it's something that I truly believe? So, I mean, we don't have to get into that today, but that's something to, I, I mean, 
I'm sorry. I had to because I'm so I'm ready to get to this hypocrisy hypocrisy piece. I can't well, let's it. just go. Let's go. Let's talk. Let's go. go. I was trying to ease into it. I was trying to ease. Into it. Let's just dumpster dive. Let's just get on, girl. We we literally dumpster diving too. Let we dumpster dive in, and I really hope that we don't ruffle too many feathers. But this is just going to be pure opinion and pure observation, right? Yeah. Um. So we've all kind of right. We've all kind of hinted at the fact that man, organized religion has probably turned us off because of hypocrisy, correct? And I mean, I think we can all think of some situations that we've been in personally to where want some good upstanding tither, uh, you know, head of the usher board, pastor's wife. <laughs> Yeah, has judged us or, you know, rubbed us the wrong way. And they're supposed to be like upstanding citizens of the church. Now, mind you, we're not saying, I know I'm not saying that everybody who help, holds a position in church is like, you know, holy. Perfect. I mean, absolutely. Right. I, absolutely not. However, if we're trying to draw people to church, the people that are in these positions and the people that are attending the church should be welcoming to the people that are trying to figure out if this is a place that they, that they want to go. Correct. Absolutely. I mean, what types of situations? Shade, I'm gonna go ahead and let you go ahead and talk on this first. I mean, we kind of we kind of touched on it. We kind of touched on it what, a couple episodes back. But I mean, have you gone through something personally to maybe you know make you think that organized religion can kind of come with a dash of hypocrisy here and there? Um, absolutely. Uh, I, I've been through a couple of different things. Whether it's something is minuscule as, um, you know, what I've worn to church now. I'm not wearing club dresses to church, but, you know, if you wear something above the knee, am I supposed to take my ruler out or whatever? Is it okay to have my arms out as long as everything else is covered? It's just like, I shouldn't have to think about those things, especially when I know how to dress appropriately to attend a church service. When I go there, I've been to some churches that are just like, you just feel like you're being watched because of how you look. And for me, that's a problem. Um, and just even with, you know, my, my, my personal like relationships, as far as, um, you know, me dating women, I've, I've been called different things. I touched on that in the last, um, in the last episode where I've been called demonic or something like that. So it makes me question like, dang, if one person and this person is a believer, if, when I go to church, like, can I go with my partner or can I go alone? And the people that see me, can they, can they, um, you know, can they, are they going to be judging me or whatnot? So it's, it's things like that, that deterred me for two, for the last two and a half years. I just got back into, you know, wanting to actually go to a church, wanting to go to my church home and feeling like, you know what, regardless of what anybody else thinks, God loves me and I got to start looking at myself in that light because I can't let everyone else judge me and keep me away from him because that's the devil acting, not him. So, you know, for me, I feel like when I go to church, a lot of people focus on the pastor, what he's doing in his personal life. He's just a vessel. I'm going to hear the word that the yes. Lord through this person and that's all I'm going there for. If I, my lifestyle or how I'm dressed offends somebody else, then they need to go up to the altar and say a prayer, do some kneeling or whatever, because it ain't got nothing to do with me and my God. We, we good. You know. That's right. And, and you know, the crazy thing about that Sade is like, <laughs> that's, I'm just going to say this. I'm not, I'm, I'll talk to at the, at the end because I got so much to say on this topic. But as far as what you said, the crazy part is 
they're so hypocritical. Because first of all, you're supposed to come as you are. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Yes. And number two, judge not. So it's just hypocrite. That's all I'm going to say. Route this right now. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think of... Um... A hit dog a holler. Okay. <laughs> it makes me think of uh, this joke that Joel Osteen tells, you know, because he thinks he's funny and stuff. So he'll tell a joke like, uh, he said there was a guy who, you know, went to this other pastor's church and the man told him, you can't come in my church dressed like that. You know, he had on jeans and a, and a t-shirt. And he was like, well, why not? He said, it, it says, come as you are. He said, well, what did the Lord, what did God tell you about my church? He said, that's funny. He's never heard of it. You know, because it's like, you know, some people are like, you know, so caught up in being self-righteous and they think they're so correct and they're holier than thou. Ask yourself, like, is your relationship with God really ironclad? Are you really that invested in what you're doing? Because like Shade said, you are a vessel. Like, and that, and that's, that's my thing with church. I love going to church. I love when I go to church and I'm spiritually fed. I'm full. I feel the Holy Spirit in my life. I feel it in my body. I go home that day just emitting that. But when I do go to church and I see someone who hasn't seen me in a while at church, oh, where have you been? Girl, I've been asking your mom about you. Girl, look at them babies. They're going to be in college before I see them again. And you know what I say? They probably will be. Because guess what? I don't come here for you. Usher board number two and three. I come here to get spiritually fed. I come here for the word. I don't come here for the man that you guys are all worshiping. I come here for the God above that we should be worshiping. He is a vessel. He is anointed. So if he's not doing his job and I'm not spiritually fed, I will not be here. So that's what, that's what deters people from going to church. People want to go to church. They need that spiritual feeding, but they can't get it because as soon as they walk into the church, they're judged. You haven't been here. Look what you got on. Oh, is he gay? Oh my God, is that a girl? Oh, she didn't have another baby. Why is your business? I am a child of the, the most high God, okay? I was divinely made. So this is the plan of purpose, okay? Girl, that's the plan it's of crazy. He has for my life. I, I, I walk mm-hmm. in my truth and, and I know I live a life of Christ and Christ like because of how I treat people, how I govern myself, my children, etc. And that's what I'm going to do because it's pleasing to him. I'm not here to please anybody else. So if me showing up once a year or every single Sunday, no one thing. I trust him. I trust his process. I pay my tithes and I don't pay my tithes to one church. Whatever church is feeding me at that time, I bless that that man and that anointing and that vessel because that's what I'm supposed to do. You know, so that's just my spill on it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, that was a welcome spill because the thing is, yeah. all, of the, all of the people that you know, that you kind of called out, you know, is he gay and see this, that, that, those are the people that really need to be in church to help, um, you know, foster growth, like spiritual growth. And like, I think we can all agree where we see that it's not necessarily, um, just mandated that you're in church every day. Um, but at the same time, I feel like, you know, if I read a certain Bible verse, I may get something out of it completely different than what a preacher could bring to me about it. And it may be something that I needed at that time to like touch my life. And so it's like when you have people, like I remember like at my church, at my old church back home, really small church, like my well ex-husband, he came with me one time. And like the first thing he said, like when we went to the church for the first time, he was like, man, 
Like it was all right, but literally every time the doors open, the entire church turns around, like to see who's coming in. And at first I was like, why are you being shady? Like just shut up, come to church. Like it was a good service, you know, being defensive about it. But when I really sat and thought about it, I'm like, man, yeah, like the the, the music is going, you know, the pastor is preaching. And if the door moves in the back, everybody, you know, turning around, trying to see who it is. And that could just be, you know, people being lazy. But I mean, I just feel like all in all, like, uh, God, uh, it's just it's a lot of things going on in churches that I just feel like shouldn't be going on. But no. it, it, but it just makes me question the people that do things like judge people for their sexual preferences or someone had a child out of wedlock or whatever. At the end of the day, no sin is greater than the next. And mm-hmm. we are all like, if, you, if you're reading the Bible avidly, then you know that God created, he didn't create us to be perfect individuals. So why are you judging the next person? How do you go home and go to sleep at night calling yourself a devout Christian and you're talking about every person that's walking through the church doors, finding something wrong with each person? Those people like, you know, like me, for instance, that's going in fighting this internal battle that I'm fighting or the person that's a, a mom that, you know, got pregnant or whatever the case is, we are coming there to receive God's word and to, and to feel loved and appreciated. You know, all of these things to feel includes inclusive of God's word and of his love. So why are you pushing us away from that? You should want the people that need it the most to be in the building, not pushing us out because of we don't pop, we don't fit the mold. What is the mold? You know, so like some, you know, people that have those um, internal battles, they, they go there to seek, you know, help and strength. And nobody wants to walk through the door and already feel like they're walking into another war. You know, like I'm coming here to let go of all of this. But as soon as I walk through the door, I feel the pressure and I feel the heat. And I remember when I was going to like this smaller church, it's now a bigger church. I won't say the name, but when it was a smaller church. When I tell you I went there every Sunday, I felt like my spirit was being fed. I felt like I was a new person every Sunday when I walked out. I felt like I wanted to be more into my Bible during the week. I even started going to like the Bible studies that they had on Wednesday evening. So I was there on Wednesdays and Sundays. And then, you know, the congregation grew and grew and grew. And once the congregation grew and, you know, they they switched and, you know, had to get a bigger building, all this, then I walked in and I started feeling like this was a production. Like I walk in and it's like lights, camera, action. All I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm not used to all of this. And then that's when I felt like people started doing like the judging and seeing what you got on and all that. Because at first when I was going, to, I used to walk to the church. And sometimes if I'm just getting off from work, I would walk there in like jeans and a t-shirt, sit down with my Bible. And, you know, it was nothing. Once the congregation grew and this lights, camera, action is like, now you got to be dressed to the T. You got to have on a full face of makeup. You know, you got to make sure you, you're dressed to the nines. You got your... Louboutins on and all of this. It's like, girl, I'm not coming here to do all of that. I'm coming <laughs> here to get the word, to feel the spirit. And yes, I can do that at home. But like when I'm in a church, it's just like sometimes the mood, the music, the choir, the like all of that, the spirit is just moves you. And it's just something I can't get at home. But all the rest of that foolishness, like I could do without all of that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to do with all of that. Yeah, definitely. Like, definitely. And it's crazy because I was listening to, uh, matter of fact, it's that same, that becoming a producer uh, sermon I had talked about a couple of weeks ago. Um, 
and at the end of it, he was talking about like a lady, um, you know, you know how they do like uh, open the doors of the church and like invite people to get saved who aren't saved that's at the church. And there was a lady that, uh, you know, I guess she came up or whatever. And she was talking about how she had kind of stayed away from Christianity because she just didn't like, you know, the judgment and da 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 da. And Ture Roberts was like, you didn't walk away from Christianity. You walked away from religion. And that was something to be applauded, you know? And it's just like, yeah, like, no, being a Christian and being spiritual is not being judgmental. It's not looking at the person who doesn't understand the word or, you know, is going through a rough time. It's not looking at them some kind of way, you know? And I wish, I just wish that we could do like a, like a church purge, like, (laughs) you know, not killing the people, not, not like, you know, not that purge, but I mean, like... (laughs) Really getting rid of the people that are there for the wrong reason so that the people that are there with the right intentions and, you know, that are really filled with the spirit of God can really touch people because that's what church is for. I agree. And I wish I wish we could take it back to like, you know, Jesus said it best, you know, those without sin cast the first stone. Like that is the realest thing I've ever heard. It's been true since he said it. And it's true to today. Like people now want to throw stones in a glass house and then hide their hands as if they're better than the next person. And, you know, I find that it's so funny. It's the same people in church who judge you, who find themselves in a situation. It doesn't have to be right away, but years later, come to you and commend you on how you carried yourself and how you've grown and how enlightened you are and and look how beautiful your children are and look where you are that amazes me because you had so much to say about me and my character at that time but now you're commending me for focusing on God staying grounded in Christ and coming through that strong you know what I mean so it's one of those things it's like I know what you said about me when I was going through my trial and my storm and you know here you are going through yours and I have nothing but uplifting and kind words for you but right. you want to high five me and oh my gosh, you know, you can tell that God moves through you. And I can tell he don't move through you all the time. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, I, I see you, but you know, I'm gonna pray for you from a distance that your heart is convicted because your intentions are not good, you know, and I am such a big person. I don't fuss much. Y'all know that I don't say much, I'm re- really quiet, but I'm a person on I'm a person of intention. Like once I know your what your intentions are, good or bad, I make my decision from there and I deal with you accordingly because I know how I'm moving in my life. And I cannot mm-hmm. allow somebody with ill intent to invade the energy that God has blessed me with because I'm living in peace. Period. There will be no one and nothing to disrupt that because that's where he's brought me and I'm grateful for that. Cool. Yes, ma'am. I'm about Sister Chrissy. That's what I'm talking about, Sister Chrissy. But <laughs> but honestly, I mean, church, and it's sad though, because I've never been to like a predominantly white church. I mean, I've been to a mixed church and I've been to a black church. I've never really been to a predominantly white church. But it just sucks because if I remember correctly, now correct me if I'm wrong, like church was set up as like a safe space for black people, you know, when we were enslaved. It's okay to say it, everybody. At the time, <laughs> it's, it's okay to say enslaved. But it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. yes, we were. 
Now, see, I don't speak much on history because I don't know it. Honestly, it was my worst subject. I never paid attention to it. Like, so if I'm going to say anything about what happened before, I'm going to let y'all take over with that because I'm going to be making some shit up. Stuff, stuff, stuff up. Sorry, Lord. I'm going to be making some stuff up. So, you know, that's why I didn't want to say slavery. I'm like, was it slavery or was it like 1962? I don't know. But what I do know is it was supposed to be... um, It was slavery. I'm just saying. I'm just being real. Just being all the way real. Um, but, you know, it's supposed to be a safe space for Black people, um, just as a race. And now it almost seems like it's becoming less and less of a safe space, you know, from the stuff that we already have to run from here and there. Like, I, I don't know. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Coming to me and I'm giving you spiritual advice. It don't necessarily have to be a message or a scripture that I heard in the house of the Lord. It could be my own personal testimony, you know, like my own personal experience that I went through this. This is what I was going through. I was praying every day, blah, 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 blah. And this is what happened because of my faith and his mercy on me, you know? So it's like, it don't always have to be. I hate when people do that because people will tell me things like that. Well, you ain't been to churches, but yeah, I haven't been to church, but I pray every day. I meditate every day. I give the Lord my time and my heart. So when I am going through something and it's something that's similar that you're going through, that's why you're coming to me in the first place. Don't try to, and I tell you my testimony, don't try to badger me down and then want to throw my face that I how long I ain't been to church. Like, girl, now you could have, I could have just kept my own little spiritual advice and gave it to somebody else who needed it. Now, don't, don't call my phone no more with that, all right? <laughs> you about to make me be unholy. I know that's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> you about to make me, you about to make me put down my religion, okay? Like, go ahead with all that. <laughs> my mother, I'm a cussing Christian. Right. <laughs> I know, I, I, I hate saying, um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but how about okay so let's and I'm just playing devil's advocate at this point I mean you know we have found some some pretty big problems with church and you know the people that go into church but what if there were no church like do you think that you would be as spiritually you know I guess focused as you are now if there was like no church not even church but like organized religion church like how big of a role do you feel like that played in your spirituality right now? Honestly, um, it's like I'm quiet for a reason because I had, I, I, like, when it comes to this subject, it's so sensitive. I have so much to say, but I'm just trying not to, you know, talk for like three hours on it because this is so deep to me. Like, um, I'm not a heathen, but I've been through so much with the church that I haven't been. But I do read my word every day. I meditate. I spend that time with God. I, before I do anything, each day I pray and I meditate and I ask God for discernment when I'm reading my word. Because when God gives me discernment, like stuff, it, the words just, they just so powerful. And like and like they say, our sister T, the words that she's saying, those help me get throughout my day also. And it's just like my relationship with God is so important to me. That's my number one priority. Because one thing I know is that prayer changes things. And when I'm going through storms, I know that God has my back. I know that half the time, the only way I got out of my storms was because of God. Like literally my back has been against the wall. I had nowhere to turn to but God. God has broken me down so I had nowhere to turn to but him. And it had nothing to do with church, but my faith is so strong. Like I've been so much with church, like I'm... I just give two examples. Like one example where 
I like I let's say you lose everything in the flood or your house get burnt down. You tithing every week to this church, right? You're giving your 10%. So when you're going through a storm, the first place you go to is your church, right? Y'all giving all this, I'm not, nothing against churches, but you're giving all this money to Haiti and, you know, all these other places. But what about your members when we going through storms? So I actually been turned away by a church when wow. I was going through a storm. And they put me on a list and said, oh, well, we're helping. Well, we're taking donations for Puerto Rico. We, you know, we're going to put you on a waiting list. But I wow. tried every Sunday and I'm coming every Wednesday for the women's ministry. I'm coming every Sunday. I'm all in. You know, this this I'm all in. Really, I can't come to my church for help. That's one. Right. And another one, you know, uh, without exposing anybody, um, <laughs> just been <laughs> multiple uh preachers that uh, you know, that I know for a fact molested, you know, guys that I know. You know, mm-hmm. proper, popular preachers, you know, and they've messed those people's lives up, you know, um, and how can I look up to you, the preacher? This is not my person preacher. So, but I'm just saying, but it's like, um, how do you even, how do you look at church the same? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know, so as far as like, could you survive? Like, could you, it wasn't basically, were you saying, Alex, could you, how would you handle not having church to go to. So you right. like if it wasn't an established thing, like okay, say somebody put the bug in your ear, you know, oh you need to be spiritual or whatever. And then you just had to go from there. Do you think you could successfully be, you know, as as spiritually connected to God as you are right now? That's what I'm saying. I am. That's why I am. Because I haven't been mm-hmm. I haven't been going to church and I've gone through storm and I know God brought me out of it. Right. And so that has seem- nothing to do it has nothing to do with the church. It's off me reading my Bible and believing in my word and having my faith. And right. that's your own relationship. Me. Yeah. Yep. That's what's important to me, my relationship with God. And tithing is also a priority to me, but it's not always as far as giving the church. I sow seeds. Like exactly. there was a homeless guy one day in the parking lot. Mm. You know, you know, you never know people's stories. You don't know why he's homeless. That's why you're not supposed to judge people. This guy could have not been homeless. Three weeks ago, but you don't know people's situations. He could only have one parent alive, and that parent was his lifeline. Okay, mm-hmm. your parents gone. They didn't have no insurance for you. Your family not going to give that same love as your mom. So, okay, he's homeless, but you can't judge people. And I had money in my pocket, and I said, okay, this is not going to hurt me to get this to this man. He's walking around the grocery store parking lot. You don't judge people. You just, from your heart, you just sow, and you don't think about it. And you can't say, oh, what are they going to do with that money? It's not your business. You're going to sow from heart, you sow from heart. I just gave the man some money, and I watched this man go in the grocery store and buy groceries. Let me tell you, I have a good friend of mine. We've been friends my whole life. Shout out to Nikki. Um, This has been my best friend since we were babies. We've we've grown up together. Our parents know each other. She is, and not that none of my other friends are like that, but she is one of those people that I have to say, like, we grew up in the church together. If we weren't at my church, we were at her church. Like her mom didn't play like you sleeping over here Saturday, you're going to church Sunday morning. So, but now as an adult, of course, she has her reasons why she doesn't go to church like that as well, because of the judging and the production, like Courtney says, but she's one of those people who she doesn't tithe, but she is so giving, like she gives in so many other ways. You know what I mean? So it is one of those things where I'm like, wow, you know, she's like one of those people, like, and, and she'll tell me, she's like, just because I don't have a church home, Chrissy, and I don't tie to the church, she was like, I, I give in other ways, you know, I, I, and 
She really does. And, and I have to agree, like sometimes people may not have it to tie them. When you go to church, sometimes you feel, they make you not purposely, maybe, of course, but they make you feel bad when you can't tie or you might be in transition and you might be going through something. You know what I mean? So everybody can't give 10 percent. And you know, all you may have is an offering, you know, and you should not feel bad about what you're giving to Christ. You know what I mean? So um, it's, it's one of those things where you feel like, Ugh, do I go to church and I get scrutinized because I haven't been here? Do I get scrutinized because I'm not getting up, walking my tide to the front? You know, so shout out to you, Erica, for building your spirituality on your own and, and nurturing and facilitating that relationship with God. Right. Yeah. Cause like sometimes, like I, like I say, like I've been in situations where literally my back been up against the wall so heavy. Like I almost hit rock bottom to where I had no choice but to drop to my knees. Sometimes you can get so high, God will bring you down low. Yeah. So you can't forget where you're from. So yeah. sometimes you can't be so high, you think you're untouchable because God will show you that you are yeah. touchable. And I've been in those situations where I don't got knocked off my pedestal, okay? And I, I <laughs> fell on those knees and guess who brought me out? God, it had nothing to do with the church. It was like, Lord, please don't do this to me and my kids. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. But I think that's the the amazing part about God and how, you know, we can agree or disagree how important church is and building that relationship with him. But it's just amazing how either way, like he makes sure to make certain that you are going to come back to him, whether it's in church, whether he humbles you, whether he's killing off everybody around you, like he's going to yes. make sure hey boo don't forget like i know i know you've been doing this on your own for a little minute but please don't forget who's in charge boo whether you sit in my pews or whether you you know what i'm saying getting broken down at home like i'm gonna need you to remember who you're for and who's you're for and who's in charge of all of this can i give can i give just a really quick testimony um come on test come on real quick come on come on don't 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 let's go let's go I'm about to catch all ago. <laughs> so honestly, I got to tell y'all something. Like I, I've grown closer to God over the years, of course, but buying my house, like recently, God showed me He was in control the entire way. It's so scary. When we, um, my fiance and I started this process, the lady was like, "Oh, you know, you have good credit, but because of the pandemic, they want you to have excellent credit. So instead of just maybe around ten thousand to do this, you're going to need twenty five thousand. Granted, we had the ten thousand already, and I was like, huh? Okay, you want me to rob a bank? But she was like, but things might change. She was like, so we don't know. She was like, but, you know, lenders are being very hard on people right now. Long story short, um, my uh, my lender, my the lady, she quit uh, just a week before my closing. Um, and I was freaking out. So long story short, somebody else had taken over. We had gotten a new disclosure for our home, quoted 10000 less than she said. So I'm already grateful at this point. I'm like, oh my gosh, like God, you are in control. And he tells me constantly, trust me, trust me. And I'm like, I trust you. I trust you. But help me with my doubt. It's okay to trust God and have doubt at the same time, guys. Mm -hmm. And I told him, I was like, help me with my doubt. I said, because I can't see what you see from me. So I was talking to my fiance. He was like, I prayed on it. He was like, it's out of your control. It's out of my control. He was like, God told me we're good. Right before we closed, the numbers had dropped $4,000 more. We needed just a little over 10000 Our mortgage was much cheaper. I was just wondering, like, 
how the hell did this even happen in the midst of everything going on? And I'm like, all right, all right, all right. You was right. I trust all right, you. Right. All right, Lord. <laughs> Look at you showing out again. Do it again. Right. You know? But and I'm just so grateful. I've been to the house and it's beautiful. Thank you, Courtney. <laughs> Thank you. Goals, Chrissy. Go. Thank you. Homegirls meeting at my house, y'all. Okay, come on. Please. Yes. <laughs> so, but he's just so good. And these girls know me like I have been trying to do do this for a long time. And when I tell you, God is the God of order. Just hear that, know that, believe that. If it is not your time, he will not let it manifest. Trust me, because when it does manifest, it manifests in such a perfect way. Hopefully, you know, that resonates with somebody. Just think on that. But God is a God of order. And trust me, like he, he's he got you, period. Yeah, and that's another thing. That's another thing. Like, you have to be happy for people because you really block your blessings. Not be happy for people. Like, I have seen it happen to the worst and the best of people. You have to be happy for people. It's not, like Chrissy said, there's a season for everything. It might be your season and not her season, his season and not your season. Just be happy for people because you don't know when it's your season. <laughs> that right. is an episode right there. Okay, and baby, y'all didn't have to get that in the pews. Y'all got that right at home, girls. Y'all got that little message right at the home girls podcast. No, no shade on church. Right. No shade on church. <laughs> but but it goes to say, I mean, hopefully this has conveyed how you know spiritually full this group of women is. And I think <clears throat> I can share this too. Like when we first even discussed doing a podcast, like this was something that I literally prayed about. Like I prayed about it. And I'm like, Lord, I didn't know if it was something that I wanted to do by myself. I didn't know if it was something that I wanted to embark upon with other women. I didn't know. All I knew was I wanted God to be in the middle of it. And I wanted the people that were doing it with me, if I was doing it, I wanted them to be led by him as well. And when I tell you, I mean, this group of women, we prayed about this podcast. We prayed for each other, you know, about everything that's going on in each other's lives. And, you know, it's just a blessing to be able to sit here and talk about God and listen to testimonies from each other and just feel how God moves in our lives, Mm -hmm. you know, and to be able to convey that with y'all, y'all as an external homegirl. Yeah. Um, this is just a blessing. This has been a really, this has been a big blessing to me, this whole topic today. I don't know. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. It was brought up, like, and we were all, like, you know, giving our input. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I cannot wait to do this. Because, I mean, all of us, even though most of us have the same mindset, we know that it's something that I hope for those who are listening you know, you, you're probably going to be able to relate to it. And if you don't, hopefully you're not the person that's in the church doing this. And if you are, hopefully you walk away from this episode with a different mindset about how you make others feel, because, you know, at the end of the day, we all there for one reason. And that's really what the focus needs to be. Yep. And I'm praying for conviction for everybody listening, whether whatever your demons are, whatever you're going through, or, you know, whatever troubles, trials, tribulation, pray for discernment. Pray for God to convict your hearts and just pray that he guides you on a path that he has for you and just be accepting of that. It's hard. I know I wasn't always there, always had to do it my way, but trust me, you'll like his way a lot better than your own. Mm-hmm. He comes up with so much better fairy tale endings than we could yeah. ever. Absolutely. That's another episode. That's a whole nother episode. But a whole yes, nother that's another one. Absolutely. Definitely. But I mean, and, clinging to God. 
that's that's important, guys. Like clinging to, and everybody's not going to be spiritual on this. I know no, everybody's not going to be spiritual. That's tuning in, and I get it. This is no condemnation to those people. You know, prayerfully, we can. You know, prayerfully, you're listening to something that may make you want to check God out. Because at the end of the day, I'm a Christian woman, and I want yeah. people to believe in the same God that you know, that I believe in. So, you know, this is not a down to the Muslims, to the other, you know, religions, whatever. But I mean, God is real. And I feel like people should get to know him. And if maybe this will open up somebody's quest to do that, I think I, I think we this could be the last podcast because I mean, I want people to get closer to God. You okay. know what I'm saying? This yeah. Because we know what he's brought us through. You know, and we've seen, you know, us in the in good places and bad places and back to where he's brought us back to good. So, you know, one of my things that I like to say, God will never bring you to what he can't bring you through. So mm-hmm. for those that are listening that don't have a relationship with God, you know, or, you know, pray, pray to whoever you pray to. We know that our God above God has our backs no matter what. So as long as, you know, you know that as well, and you know that he loves you regardless of your faults or whatever, you don't have to be perfect to go into church. And for those who feel like you do, please negate all those thoughts and disregard all those people that make you feel that way. Go there for the purpose that you're supposed to be there for and leave with the conviction that you've gotten during that sermon. Definitely. Right. And and then like just in case, you know, we keep saying discernment, discernment, just in case people don't know what it means, is you is you asking God for direction and, and um clarity. So when you pray and when you read the Bible, always ask God for discernment first. Because mm-hmm. sometimes he'll enlighten you in that reading in ways. You Like you can read a passage, you can read it one time, come back next week and you'll get something different out of it. So just always before you pray and before you read the Bible, ask God for discernment as you're reading your word. Ask for his, his will to be done because you always want God's will to be done, anything in your life. And like, you know, like just, just know that prayer without works, you know, you have to pray and you got to believe. And ask not, seek not, want not. You know, and don't just pray and when you want something. Sometimes just tell God, thank you. You know, and we're not trying to be holy, holy, but somebody out there needs to hear this. Mm-hmm. And also as a last request, if it, anybody in the Lafayette area, the New Orleans area, the Slidell area, you know, Atlanta area, if y'all yeah. attend the church where you do not feel the negative feelings that maybe we've conveyed in this podcast, Hit us up on Homegirls, Instagram or Facebook. Send us the name of your church because at the end of the day, we love church. As long we as love the Lord. Yes. Yeah, as long as stuff is going on good in there, we're trying to be there. So I, I do go to church. I mean, not not with this pandemic, because you know, I'm not trying to catch corona, but you know, I, I enjoy going to church, but no, I do not enjoy the things that we talked about previously. So yeah, if anybody's in those areas, um, the Dallas area, did I name everybody? We call it everybody, huh? Yeah. You said Atlanta? And if y'all are in those areas, hit us up on Homegirls, Facebook or Instagram, and shoot us the name of your church so we can take a visit. Let us sit next to you and your people. I'm just yes. saying. Yes. We'll have our prayer clothes. Well, we'll bring our prayer clothes. <laughs> I feel like this has been a really great episode. Thank y'all Absolutely. so much for being in. Thanks so much for everybody being transparent. And thank y'all for listening. So... You know, if y'all don't hate us after this one, <laughs> we'll see y'all next time. Come back next week. Disregard. And even if you do hate us, we'll see you too. And we'll pray for you too. Bye, girls. Bye, girls.